background a little bit there that is of course Nigerian music called Nigerian 70 no wahala high life afro funk and juju 1973 to 87 I was there from 80 to 82 so right smack in the middle of that in fact the next song coming on now had the hit song when I was there it was called sweet mother Prince Nico Embarga and the Rockefeller Jazz called Sickness. So um, I'm just going to keep it in the background. But boy, I got to tell you, it really brings back that time. The high life was the style, was the music. But in particular, where I was in the middle of Nigeria, closer to the house, I guess, but between Hausa, Ibo, and, and um, uh, Yoruba to the west uh, it was a perfect spot to be in the country uh, because you're amongst all the major tribes and you're getting influence from different ones but this kind of music I heard a lot and I, I just liked it oh my god I was so fortunate that my first posting was cancelled took me a bit to see that and uh, instead was sent to Bendel State to a Catholic all-girls school. Oh, my God. Was I lucky. But, um, and, and, you know, to have my neighbor, a really an outstanding band was my neighbor, and going out with them to the clubs, to, uh, to the hotels, to hear them play, to be in the village when they're playing and throwing parties. Oh, my God. Okeke sound. Anyway, uh, Good feel. I've been doing a little bit of reflecting, as I <laughs> What else do I do? I sit on benches. Um, and looking back over my life over the years, I, partly it's come about because I've been scanning slides. And I'll pull up, gosh, there's my old car, my orange Datsun 510 called Henry. Oh, yeah, and a little cheap blue nylon tent. Yeah, that was camping in the old days, and boy, that was a thrill. Get your Coleman stove or your cheap tent with a fly. That's all you needed, man. And uh, and then, bam, a couple of pictures from Nigeria. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Wow. Oh, is that my balcony in Togo? Yeah. So it just feels good. Today is my birthday. It's April 25th. And I am 74 years old. And so I felt... Yeah, I was in a bit of a slump at home. Just I'm just so sluggish these days, you know. Just uh, got no energy. And as soon as I eat, okay, I gotta lie down now. Right after food, I gotta lie down. And I know you're not supposed to do that, but hey, you throw out the not supposed tos after a certain age. And uh, it's so neat because I call my cat like a dog, Yuki. Come on, Yuki, and I tap my leg. Come on, Yuki. And sure enough, she follows me right upstairs, and I always lay out an old pair of pajamas or something that's got my scent on it for her to circle around a couple of times, and yeah, okay, we're good here, and then lies down right beside me. It's so nice. I, I know I talk about this every damn show, but and it seems... <laughs> here I am talking about living a pretty fucking wild life in Nigeria. Next thing, no, no, I'm lying down with my pussycat, and I'm happy. Um, that's what happens when you get old, boys and girls. But, uh, hey, if you can be consistently happy, that's pretty good. Ooh, like that little doggy right beside me. That's a nice one. Um, anyway, I'm sitting here in Bluffers Park listening to my, uh, Nigerian CD. Uh, it's overcast, so the rain comes, a little sprinkle on the windshield, and then the sun bursts out, and then it's rainy again. 
So it's uh, one of those days. Not important. I'm not going to go for a walk. I'm just going to sit here. But I just had to get out of the house. Um, I'm trying to get an appointment with my doctor to say, hey, 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 doc, this, you know, this deterioration, we got to slow it down. And then I'm hearing from another friend, uh, our good friend in Tennessee, Tennessee Jake, whose uh, father has a similar condition and is taking a medication that I used to be on, which Jake says slows it down. And uh, I'm thinking, well, then why? How come I stopped? So I got to investigate that, you know. I, any kind of medication you take long term, there are side effects. And that might have been why I stopped. And also it's, it helps cure pain. And I really don't have a lot of pain. I just I just wobbly all the time. So, you know, hey, hey, hey. Anyway, ba 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 Enough of that. Enough of that. Change the topic. My God, enough of your health, man. What else you got left? Uh, I got this magazine that I just... Uh, oh, maybe I didn't mention it. No, I guess I tweeted it or sent it an email. That uh, number two son... Am I allowed to call him that? Oh, it's such a neat cover. Wow. The Who, 60 years later. The real story behind the legendary band. Uh, a magazine, one of these collector's edition. And it's it's neat. I don't know a whole lot about The Who. I know their music. But I didn't really get into the personalities. I was consumed with uh, the Stones and the Beatles. Uh, so this will be an interesting read. It's a very nice choice and also a gift card from... Uh, from Apple, so he said, so what you can do, Dad, is read the magazine and then uh, order up some Who music, and Daniel wasn't really sure about who they were, um, but uh, thought I might find it interesting, and I do, I'm delighted with that, and the CD, listening to in the background, is from my other son, from Kenji, my uh, Nigerian connection there, or him knowing I live there, listen to this high-life music, it's just, it's just catchy, it goes on, the songs are long... And they just get you up dancing. And like I say, I, I danced more in those two years in Nigeria in the rest of my life combined. God. Sometimes more in one weekend than here in five years. Man, okay, there's all kinds of ways of measuring that. Let's not go there. Uh, a few more articles came in for the latest Sticks and Jane zine. So I think I guess the door is closed and I'm going to um, start putting that out. Start getting ready. So I hope by April 30th to have it done. That gives me five days, yeah, to uh, finish off the uh, spring edition of the 2022 Dixon Jane zine. And I hope some people find it of interest. A lot of different people contributing, so you're going to get different types of stories. Uh, what else is new? I've um, I've switched off the news almost entirely. Like I just boom, now. All right, no. I mean, I, I put on CP24, and I just long enough to read the flashing, you know, the sort of the bylines underneath, and every single fucking thing that came up on the screen was hugely depressing. I mean, oh no, oh fuck, oh that's awful, oh shit, oh no, oh everything, every single thing. I mean, how much more of that do I want to consume? So what I do, the new standby is I've got, you know, seven years, six or seven years of two complete Star Treks, uh, TNG and um, what's the other one, you know, Next Generation and the one on the uh, on the Starship. Eh, you, you know what I mean. Um, so I'll just put those on. Bam, okay. There's 40 minutes. I'm kind of happy. I'm amused. You know, some better than others. But that's what I'm doing now instead of watching the news. No, switch it off. I don't need the fucking news. I got enough. I know it's shitty in Ukraine. I know it's shitty with this COVID. I know it's shitty here, there, and everywhere. One of the worst things, uh, somebody in Nigeria sentenced to 24 years in prison. 24 years in prison. A young man because he claimed to be a humanist, an atheist. And somebody reported him and it went through. This is not the Nigerian court system. This would have been up north, I'm sure, which is predominantly Muslim. And this is where they have a lot of fanatical people and all these other gangs. 
of people doing bad things like kidnapping girls or kids from schools and burning them down and uh, the schools, I mean. Just pig-fucking-headedness. See, there I go. I mean, you get into a story and then you're all upset about it. You don't want to do that. You don't want to share that. So, uh, I don't know. God, little, little bit. It's funny. It's like um, I've been scanning slides and there's a function for brightening, you know, the thing. You can do a little bit of control before you scan it. And then there's post effects, too, once you've got it. And there's a brightener thing that, you know, it does make a difference if the face is in shadow. I took a lot of stupid pictures with, you know, facing into the sun. So, of course, it's faces are completely dark. And you can sort of find, you know, keep hitting that brighten button to get to, oh, I can see the face now. But then the sky turns yellow or something. You know, stupid stuff. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What I have noticed is that uh, all my slides are on carousels. I have maybe 1,200, over 1,000 anyway slides at least, yeah. Oh, yeah, well over. And so many of them, I'm going to venture almost 90%, are like scenery. Well, what the fuck? Who wants to see a mountain? You know, it's it was crazy. But at the time, I remember this would have been my first trip across the country. I would have taken pictures. First trip of the Rockies. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Picture, picture, picture. But nobody wants to see it. And then the few precious ones in that carousel, you know, maybe the half dozen, if that, of friends. Oh, from there's Glenn, 1972. There's Debbie, 1973. Wow, was she beautiful. And then, ah. Oh, Treasure, treasure. So, uh, yeah, that's the lesson learned. I guess now that people use iPhones and things and aren't really into photography the same way, people are taking more pictures of friends and people, except they're just digital images and they're going to be lost. They're not saved anywhere. So I'm trying to go back and uh, preserve these somewhere, somehow. Okay, park that. I don't have any notes or anything. Um, shout out to our good friend Kenneth, who is, I, today is a very special day. He's trying to do this four state trek within 15 hours or something, like cross into four states somehow. There's a special route. Um, he'll be able to tell you if you follow him. Book of Moron. Book of Moron. Look up Kenneth Prairero, P A R A R O. And uh, you'd find him and, and follow his story. It's pretty interesting. I enjoy I listen because he puts out at least one podcast every day. And I, I I listen to them all day. Glad, Kenneth, you enjoyed my last show uh, when I was camping and uh, in a little bit of a happy place thanks to the gummy. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Uh, nothing else to report on? No, I don't think so. So I think I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to give you a little sample of the music. I mean, this is the real stuff. This is what I heard.
That is, of course, as he was seen, let them say. Scabber Dude signing out from Bluffers Park. Feeling a little okay. happier now. Hello. Thank you. Okay. I had to check the recording levels. Didn't seem, didn't seem right. Maybe I was expecting wind noise. I'm sitting right, boy, oh boy. Spitting distance of uh, Lake Ontario right here at Bluffers Park. Oh, God. I drove here, parked my car in the cat side. They've opened it up again. Tilted the seat back and listened to Slugor. Although he's not Slugor anymore. Slug is Doug. Doug! <laughs> uh, all one hour and 45 minutes of Doug today. Uh, I'm glad I stuck around to the end. Thank you, Doug. Uh, it is what, you know, I mean, what a lot of us are trying to do, reveal ourselves, put ourselves out there. And um, that can be so much more interesting or valuable, I guess, maybe to ourselves and to the listeners, than just plain entertainment. You know, it is just so important that we be ourselves, that we, you know, and there's just so much pressure everywhere, and particularly for young people, my God, to to conform somehow, to fit an image, to uh, fit in, to make others like you, whatever it is you have to do, and the struggle just to, oh my God, just be who you are and, and let that creature out, and it's a, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to do because there's just, uh, I guess, so many reasons not to. And a lot of people are just simply afraid. But uh, I just, I salute all of you podcasters out there who are doing your best to say, this this is me, you know, I'm imperfect, but I'm trying. I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to be a good person, but I'm trying to be me. And uh, so there you go. Anyway, thanks for that, Doug. And uh, uh, it was good to listen through to the end. So now, my turn. I was going to talk. I have a topic uh, about the new university, or newly named university, newly renamed university. The old university, which has been renamed... Actually, there was a time recently, up until recently, when it wasn't even a university. It was a college, Ryerson. It's no longer Ryerson. It is now. Uh, and I believe this is the... This is certainly in the... It has a, a chance to be the worst-named university in all of Canada. I, I'd, I'd match anything against it and just say, no, this is the number one loser. It is now Toronto... Metropolitan University. And that is because Ryerson has fallen out of favor. And I've got pages of notes on this topic. I, I find it very disturbing. Looks like I'm going to get into it anyway. I was going to spare you because it, it's the sun is out again. It's a, it's a cloudy sky, but my God, the difference is night and day when the sun comes out and suddenly it's warm and you feel good. And then, bam, as clouds roll in, and it's dark and cold. But uh, right now it's sunny, but I, I'm going to go ahead with this anyway, and I'll try not to refer to my notes, although I have some quotes I wanted to use. Um, this has been in the news. There, there's just, you know, a lot of, you know, things happen in Toronto. There's act, activism of all kinds, whether it's a gay pride parade and so on. Uh, people wanting to others others to know how bad they are and how bad their history is, and I know that's a slant right there. Boy, I've already showed my bias. Uh, but people, maybe, I mean, genuinely, some people just simply want a better world and to acknowledge what's been done wrong in the past, in particular Canadian history. And, for example, uh, the internment of Japanese uh, Canadians during World War II into the camps, selling off their homes. And, and we've known, oh gosh, back in, was it 88, when Mulroney apologized and put out a lot of money out there for education centers and some payment back to the families and so on. 
So that was an acknowledgement. Hey, we, we've got to look at history, and, and we've done something wrong here. And it is the case now that's happening with, uh, and it's been happening for quite some time, with the residential schools. And when the plan of the government, and, and this was the, the government of Canada, deciding what we will do is we'll take children from their families and we'll turn them into Canadians. Basically, we will stop them learning their native languages. They will study, and in particular, they'll study something practical so that they can they can make a living at it, as, as farmers was one of the topics. Um, but we'll turn them into other people. And, and this has been called a genocide, really, because a, a lot of children died. And what's been happening uh, these past several years is the recognition that there are graves all around these former residential schools and people, the few survivors that are left, uh, are talking about the abuse, physical, mental, uh, horrible sexual abuse that they experience at these schools run by so-called Christians. Catholics in particular, but uh, all other faiths, were, I believe, were involved. I mean, Christian faiths were involved in setting up these places, taking the children away from their family and turning them into something other than who they were. Uh, and it is, a, looking back in hindsight, this is a tragedy. At the time, clearly, enough people believed this was okay to do. We had a problem. What do we do with the Native people who were here before we took over this land. Now, if you want to get a very good perspective, I highly recommend the book I just read. Um, And of course, I'm so sorry. It's about being bothersome, uh, written by a Native person and uh, a history that's meant to make you think and it's done with humor and it really was wonderful it wasn't somebody shoving something down my throat it was somebody giving me facts but with a humor but a dark humor but made very very valid points and it it, it had an impact on me and the an inconvenient history of canada something like that an inconvenient truth or something anyway back to Ryerson. Ryerson's name came up because he was the person appointed during the days of Upper Canada. He lived 1803 to 1882, I believe. Um, was assigned, uh, you know, a former minister, assigned a prestigious position, and one of the things he did was promote free education uh, for Canada, uh, the Dominion, I guess, at that point. Um, public education. So his big, you know, his his legendary status and why his name was used on many places was he was the person who brought about free public education, realized this was a very important thing to have good good citizens. You needed people to be educated. To be educated, it should be free and open to everybody. So that was what he did. So, you know, Ryerson was named after him, the college, uh for this, you know, all he had done to to make Canada a better country. But he was also, one of the things he was asked to write about was, well, what about the Native people? And he did suggest in a paper that they, if they should go to these residential schools, none of which were built in his lifetime. So all these things happened long after he was dead. Okay, so he's not a guy who will haul people off and put them in school, but he did write and suggest, I think if we if we teach these people a, a worthwhile trade like farming, this would be the best use of it. And at the time, people thought it was a good idea. And several years later, after he died, uh, they started building these residential schools. So his name is in the papers as somebody who's had an idea this would be a, a, a solution. And therefore, his name, of course, fell out of favor, and it reached ahead when new schools are found out in British Columbia, new graveyards, I should say, you know, unmarked, almost all of them, where children had died. Now, how did these children die? Was it tuberculosis? Was it disease? Was it neglect? Was it malnutrition? Was it just, you know, from from the abuse they suffered? 
um, there's a lot to be done. So there was, a, in, I believe, 2015, a truth and reconciliation con- uh, um, finding to, okay, what can we do? What are the things that we should do to make up for the the mistakes we've made in the past and, and come to new terms? Well, how do we reconcile the horror of our history? And this is like Americans, you know, having to come to terms uh, with slavery. Hey, this... <laughs> This economy was built on slavery. Slavery is not a good thing. We know that now. Um, and so there's a lot of discussion the same way. Well, we were having it here with this idea. And in particular, the idea that there were just a lot of horrible people who preyed on these children, who, who were abusive and, and, you know, not just beating, but um, physical abuse and a lot from the sounds of it, sexual abuse. So this is awful. So now we've associated Ryerson's name with that. Um, So, of course, people are going to raise the issue. Well, the people who raised the issue, first of all, were the Black Lives Matter movement, not so much the indigenous people. And they just came and threw red paint on the statue of Ryerson outside Ryerson University, as well as MacDonald and Edward VII or somebody, somebody else. Uh, and they arrested the people who sprayed the paint, and of course they released on bail, and then it the charges dismissed, and that's fine. Well, after the finding of the new grave sites, uh, people were incensed and needed a target, and the target was Ryerson. So paint was thrown on him again on his statue, and then. I believe it was in the middle of the night. Um, the statue was toppled. It was just brought to the ground. And this is where I have a problem. I go, okay, okay, well, yeah, I don't have a problem with changing the name if you feel that's going to help things. But this is property that I belong to a university or whatever that you can't just you can't just have a mob knocking down things they don't like. Period. And they people who did it may have felt we have a right. This is this man represents our anger. And so you know a lot of people will have the perspective, hey, they're just venting their anger. What the hell? It's just a bloody statue, and leave it there. But for me, there is a law and order side to me. Petition. I want the things. I don't want statues toppled in the streets. I want people to make a case for it and petition, get signatures, and if it is, this, we, this is an, aff- an affront to our uh, our history, take it down, then take it down. But the idea that it could be taken down and then a blowtorch brought out and the head, you know, burned off and it thrown into <laughs> Lake Ontario, where I'm sitting now, except just further down there in Toronto. Um, I just didn't think that was right. Hey, you you can't just have mob rule because one group is saying, this is, I don't like this. This bothers me. And of course, there would have been police around, but they clearly the message was, hands off, just let them vent. And maybe I'm having a problem with the venting part of it. So anyway, I did a little research, and the last I heard is the head is now on a pike in Caledon on a uh, Six Nations reserve. And and even with that, I, I kind of don't have a problem with it. It, it makes me smile. Well, I guess... Uh, maybe it is making a particular group of people happy. So, so you see, what I'm getting at is sometimes you don't know how you feel until you express it in words. And I'm trying to express this. And I, and I think my feelings as I tell this story, without going through the notes in defense of Ryerson and the wonderful things he did and said, um, has helped me shift my perspective. <laughs> I'm not angry anymore. Uh, it really wasn't a work of art. It was a statue. I yeah, I don't care. And the fact that his head is on a pike on the Six Nation Reserve is actually kind of funny. 
Uh, and it's funny. I thought this was going to be. I was going to. I'm going to get my anger. I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going to be indignant. A middle class white man, you know, old white man is going to express some indignity here. What they've done to a statue of our history. And uh, now I don't quite feel that way. But I mean, I am against mob rule. I think the the thing that does concern me is you could have that. Uh, the same idea when you get into a crowd of people saying, we're going to do this, uh, people get killed in the name of, hey, you've offended our prophet, or, you know, uh, vile, it was a violent act, and, and that isn't the solution. That wasn't against people. It was against the statue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the, the idea that people have a right to yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm stumbling here because I'm not so sure. You know, stop the trains from running. Well, it only happens for a day or two, and then the trains run again, and it's an inconvenience for a while. But people have made a point, and maybe this is better than you know all-out wars and fighting and army brought in and so on. Uh, maybe the little letting off a little steam is. Uh, is the solution, and so maybe Ryerson save, save that purpose. I guess what I object to is I, I did meet the uh, president of Ryerson, found him uh, pompous, and uh, just uh, I thought clearly just an asshole. I did not like him, so I have some bias there too. But when he went on TV today, this would be Wednesday, April 26th, 27th, 27th, um, to... Uh, proudly announce the new name which is reflective of the kind of university we are because we serve the metropolitan although people have already said suburban would have been a better because that's who's coming to it uh, you know it just stinks it stinks as a name uh, and the thing, the other thing is the cost the phenomenal cost to rebrand they say, oh, we're not rebranding we're keeping the same colors but every damn name, every bit of stationery, everything in the place is a pretty huge cost. And surely some of that money could have gone to scholarships and grants instead. I think it still could have been Ryerson University. I guess that's really, yeah, all right, I'm swinging back again. Um, because see him for the other things. Yes, you could say he had he had some say in the matter, but he didn't open the schools and start them. He just had a, a vision, but he also had a vision for Canadians to have free public education and was an advocate of that in, in a time before it was, you know, he was the first to do this. So that was a good thing. That's what we've all benefited from. And I think to take that away because of uh, even him not even having a direct role in the residential schools is 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 a mistake, you know. I know I could have other opinions, probably not all that interesting for uh, for those of you who uh, don't follow. And I'm sure I can hear, I can imagine a couple of people, uh, if they do listen to uh, disagreeing with me, uh, and some maybe swinging the other way. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, it doesn't really matter in the end. Um, there were uh, news I'm trying to, as I say, stay away from the news. or I've, Certainly I've cut way back on the amount of news I take in. But so sad, our local Scarborough Town Centre, the closest one we go to, you know, a popular place full of people busy all the time. Um, three kids were stabbed in, you know, 6.30 in the evening inside a very busy place, and they arrested. They've arrested the two stabbers. They found a weapon. Uh, one of them fourteen. One of them sixteen. And you think, oh fuck, man! Like what? What's going on? And then the news, other news, oh, there's two other schools with stabbings here in Toronto. What is this? What is this kind of this level of violence? There always used to be fights after school. But now you see kids running to film the fight, and then they're really excited. Maybe that's just teenage, you know, excitement. But, oh, yeah, he did this. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. You know, this is this is not good. You think about people like Doug raising a daughter here. He doesn't want to go to a school where kids are being stabbed. You're in 
you know, and it, it's become a scary place. And that's unfortunate. Uh, that's very, very sad. And and what is the solution there? Like, how do you? There's a there's a, a an issue that needs fixing. What's happening in our schools? What's happening? Is this all poverty related? Is this all? What is the? What what is it that made a fourteen year old kid pull out a knife and stab three people? You know, besides being dissed for something. You know, hey, don't you realize there will be consequences? Who's involved? You know, do you have parents? What's their role in this? And and so there there are to me bigger issues than renaming a university. All right, I'm gonna stop there. That wasn't much fun, was it? Sorry about that. Scarborough dude, just being himself. At least I got out and took a walk. Uh, I was sitting in my car and just I don't feel like it. I've got uh, just a few days left to meet my own deadline, April 30th, to finish the uh, Dixon Jane zine. Uh, Doug, you're forgiven for uh, missing out again. I, someday we will hear from you because stories like the one you told about the, the pizza, I mean, that would have made a great, great story. What, what was the significance of Windsor Pizza? That, that would have been a gem of an article. Uh, you know, to have crafted, to have written. And I know talking is a lot easier than writing. I know that. And uh, um, But I'm just saying, you know, you've got it in you. Uh, it is a matter of, you know, time and so on. And, uh, yeah, I'll understand if you can't make it to Mallsport. I've invited my Nova Scotia friend to come for the, uh, gosh, which one is it? Maybe it's the July one? Is it the May one? I can't remember. Oh, the Vintage Race, whatever that is. I think that's the first one. And uh, so anyway, it'd be a blast, but that's uh, again, and hey, if you say it's your birthday, what a perfect birthday celebration to take yourself to Mossport. All right, Scarborough Dude, signing off from Bluffers Park, and uh, just goddamn glad, glad, well, glad the sun came out, that's it. And the lake, sometimes it looks so beautiful, it's just clear here on the shoreline, it's just so nice to be able to get by the water's edge. God damn, eh? <laughs> Scabber Dude, signing off. I can't shut up. Like Doug. <laughs> bye bye.
Chick, chick, chick. Welcome to uh, Thompson Park. I'm sitting on one of my favorite benches. Uh, just looking out at the green grass. So nice to see the green. The trees are still pretty bare, but uh, it's coming. Summer's coming. Another beautiful but cool day. And I'm eating a Tim Hortons double chocolate. I didn't say what it is. Just said, oh, it's a chocolate-covered granola bar, flavored with other natural flavors, and it is not very tasty at all. Nalco bought a couple of boxes of these, made with Canadian oats. But the ingredients—I can't believe it. And I'm not one of these people who goes on about, oh my god, that's not healthy. But listen, I mean, listen to this. This is what the ingredients of this little bar are: uh, granola, whole grain rolled oats, sugars, brown sugar, fancy molasses, honey, whole grain wheat flakes, water, soybean oil, salt. Chocolate-flavored coating, sugar-modified vegetable fat, palm oil, and or palm cocoa powder, cocoa powder processed with alkali, soy, lectin, natural vanilla extract, sugars, glucose syrup, brown sugar, crisp rice, rice flour, sugar, salt, calcium, uh, calcium carbonate, barley malt extract, something I can't read, some coconut, glycerin natural flavor, contains oats, wheat, Barley, milk, soy may contain tree nuts, almonds, cashew, hazelnuts. Holy fuck, eh? Good until February 14th, Valentine's Day 2023. Just fucking awful. But uh, I wanted to have a snack with me, so there you go. Now, I've wasted your time and mine. I've only got ten minutes left. That's two of them gone over this stupid fucking Tim Hortons bar. Um, last night, I went out as planned, as I mentioned probably, uh, with John and uh, met up with Connie later at the Horseshoe. But, oh my God, I feel so good today. Uh, although I didn't get up until 9. Caught, caught the la- we'll go backwards. Caught the last bus home. The last bus was 9 o'clock uh, from um, Warden Station. And that takes me to the top of my street. Sure enough, walking down the street, get just close to my house, and Yuki runs up the sidewalk to greet me. Like, how is that? Your cat is greeting you at 1.15 a.m., uh, rolling in the sidewalk, covered in dirt. Just so excited to to have me. Like, just, wow, she's just all over, running up to the front door, rolling over again. Just a, a wonderful greeting. Then I lost her today. I couldn't find She went upstairs, and she disappeared. And I spent probably an hour looking for her, you know, on and off, inside and outside the house. I shot I heard her. I checked my closet uh, twice, didn't see her, closed the door, and, of course, she had been there all along, probably sleeping on a pile of clothes in the back. And then when it was time to come out, this pitiful little mew behind the door finally found her. So, uh, anyway, by God, I love my cat. Mm. So, last night, uh, met John, 6.15, 6.30 at uh, Spadina. So, it meant for me, it was, again, this anxiety of, okay, get my son to drop me off, 5.30 here. Catch the express bus to Kennedy. Get on the subway. Get off at Spadina. And you're right there where the streetcar is uh, that heads down to um, down Spadina. Met John, got on the train, got off. It's a long way down to Queen from uh, the Danforth. I'd forgotten how far it was. Used to be able to walk it in my youth. But uh, anyway, got the streetcar. And then we figured, okay, we'll just, we, we want to get something to eat. We'll just wander a bit. And we, you know, get along like that. We wandered along, checked. And, Turned down a number of places. Crossed the street at Augusta and Queen and found a place called Drum and highly recommended. It's a taverna, European-style taverna. You enter down on Augusta through a patio entrance. But inside they had a tuba, upright bass, and a band playing old-time jazz. Uh, Lots of fun. Hungarian goulash was one of their entrees, reasonably priced, excellent range of beer, $9 a beer, and, uh, like, these are full pints, 20-ounce pints of um, European-style beers. So, really a cool place. Just seedy enough looking that some people would disapprove and it would get my, you know, 100% seal of approval, uh, and John's, too. We really both really liked it. It was just a, a, a total... The kind of thing that comes from spontaneity. Okay, we don't have to pick a place exactly where to eat. Well, let's just walk and we'll find something. 
and the music sort of drew us in and uh, John was keen and when I saw the menu and saw the goulash I thought okay yeah this sounds good uh, a stunning wait staff waitress I don't know what's the correct word anymore a uh, woman serving us oh my god um in a very friendly place, uh, a place I would, you know, highly recommend. Drum on uh, Augusta and Queen. Anyway, and then from there, the walk. And, of course, while we were in Drum, I, um, as we finished the meal, I popped the other half of the gummy that I had the last time I went camping. The uh, big 50 percenter. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, by the time I was uh, heading into the uh, uh, Horseshoe Tavern, you know, they, they opened the doors at 8 uh, we got a table really in a perfect spot, perfect spot, you know, close enough to the stave. You could stand up and see the band, and uh, but lots of room, and Connie joined us there. And the bands were phenomenal. This is a $13 ticket to see the Surfragettes, an all-girls, all-womans, uh, surf band who were very very good and that was the the headlining the show but the two bands before um mook the mook and oh, i knew the ichiban ichiban birth powerhouse bands just incredible and it was so good and of course i'm you know flying by this point nicely on the uh on the gummy but, you know, everybody else enjoyed them just as much as I did. It wasn't just that, but I was ready for good music. Loud and just kicking ass. I mean, it was really, really good. So it was just a, one of those outings that, okay, good. And and again, it's the realization that, you know, this seemed odd to me, you know, going out and being, of course, the whole time on TTC on the subway and streetcar, you have to be masked. Everybody's masked, almost. I would say 95%, which is good. But, of course, in the bar, there are none. But all this time of not having gone out and done that kind of thing. And so you kind of, oh, my God, like, how do you do this? How do you socialize anymore? How do you go out to concerts? Um, but this thing uh, this thing was just right. So uh, I'm grateful to have a friend like John and uh, for, for the guy who got the tickets, found the band, and uh, hope to do more of these things. And I just I felt in a pretty damn good place all night. Of course, when I get high, I get into some funny spaces that uh, I don't have to go into detail now about. I wonder, was there any... Oh, yeah, a whole thing I wanted to talk about, and I guess I am i don't have the room, but about the butterfly wings. I took down tons of quotes. Uh, I better... Here, if I Google butterfly, I'm sure I could find it. B-U-T-T-E-R, the butterfly effect. Yeah. All right, let me just read one out to you, uh, because I'm going to talk about these another time. Butterfly effect. The idea that something small, like getting coffee, can have much larger effects, such as altering your career, is called the butterfly effect. So something small, like getting coffee, can have larger effects, like altering your career. The butterfly effect rests on the notion that the world is deeply interconnected, such that one small occurrence can influence a much larger complex system. Now, I love that, and I I buy into that. It, it's just it's real, and it's the fascinating thing about life. You you know you you pull you try pulling away. It's like Jenga. You pull out this piece, and the whole thing collapses. Uh, because, gee, if that, if I hadn't have done there, if I hadn't have been there at that time, um, our friend um, Kenneth mentioned his timing of seeing a friend for the third time on the on the Appalachian Trail, and he could have missed him by a minute had, you know, one of them just been staggered there meeting, crossing, path-crossing time. And, you know, maybe there's no significance to that, great significance but <laughs> yeah okay in that case I, I, so we met him three times on the trail uh, but you can make it have significance right two pertinent things that the butterfly effect teaches us is that small things matter and we are all connected to a bigger system 
Small things matter, and we are all connected to a bigger system. Our action now, today, would have been the result of a previous action, and this could, in turn, lead to a future action. With one small gesture, you can change somebody's life. So I think I'm out of time, uh, but I'll, I'll end. Maybe I'll read the last one I've got here. Nowadays, what we simply call fate has earned a relative, relatively figurative name of the butterfly effect. The nomenclature comes from a scientific theory that a small insect can, with a simple flap of its wings, trigger conditions that could cause a hurricane thousands of miles away. So there you go. Uh, it's endlessly fascinating to me, and it's something I want to explore, and I, and I felt I wanted to bring it up in my creative writing class, because surely that's a part of every story. And I realized the story I wrote... Uh, the second week about uh, this character, Lucky, um, was about the butterfly effect. So uh, there you go. Scarborough Dude, feeling very, very, very fucking happy and content and satisfied about life and who I am and what I've done and where I've been and also uh, where I'm still going to go. You know, I'm very aware. Okay. <laughs> oh, time is running out, fella. Look at the sand that's left in that hourglass. Holy fuck, there's a whole lot more on the bottom of that glass than there is in the top. It's pouring down day by day. Holy fuck, man, you better smarten up. And uh, that's what I intend to do. Scarborough Dude, signing out from uh, Thompson Park. Hope you are all okay and uh, able to get yourself into a positive frame of mind. Get into a positive frame of mind. Scarborough Dude signing out. Bye for now. Ding dong. Yeah, check, check. It's me again. I uh, mistimed my uh, podcast. And when I got home, I realized, ooh, I've got seven minutes left here. So I am at home. I'm on my back deck, which I seldom record from. i got a glass of Toro Bravo. It's five o'clock in the afternoon, Friday. I'm feeling so good, and I know it has a lot to do with that excursion last night. So, uh, boys and girls, on a Friday afternoon, when is a better time to have a glass of red wine? I don't know. Cheers. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Went down the wrong way. That's my Toro Bravo, the big bottle. My, uh, my table wine. I love it. It's very good. Anyway, I um, thought I would continue on, seeing as how we have a few extra minutes, with the butterfly effect. I My theory is that as you get older, it just doesn't have as big an impact uh, on your life. But I'm thinking of one example. And of course, the, the reason is that it's not just in your life, it's other people's lives. So our church was having a vote on to whether or not to buy this, to explore the option of buying a piece of land that we already had an option on. And I was very much against that, strongly against it. One couple in the church <clears throat> couldn't decide at the time what to do, so they abstained. This couple abstained in their vote. And this was, we're talking, gosh, probably two years ago now. Um... And it went that because they abstained, they decided there's a couple of ways interpreting that, and they decided that they wouldn't count at all the votes, and therefore there was enough people to make the motion go forward. Now, there are quite a few people who said if you dig out Robert's Rules of Orders, you would find, no, that's not the way it should have gone. But that turning point by those two people to decide, we'll just abstain and, and sort of get ourselves off the hook. We're not going to decide one way or the other. Well, in fact, it became the deciding vote. And because of that, that was the last time that I, I considered myself a member of that church. And I left, and several other people uh, who were, you know, very involved in the church left at the same time over the same issue. So that's kind of a ripple. Well, the thing is, well, I don't know what the ripples are, but, like, there's a new minister there now, I've never met this person, and I probably never will. 
Well, what would it have been had they not abstained and had it not gone through and had I not left the church? What what difference would it have made? Would I have been going to or listening to the Sunday services? Would they have had any kind of an impact? Some of the things I heard, some of the things I said, would something I have said or interacted with somebody else have had, you know, a flap of the wings causing a little ripple here or there? Um we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But that's just an example of, of yeah, even at an older age, they, uh, they can impact you. I'm going to read another quote. I knew the power of a single wish, after all, invisible and inevitable, like a butterfly that beats its wings in one corner of the globe and with that single action changes the weather halfway across the world. I am a believer of butterfly effect. A small, positive vibration can change the entire cosmos. So now we're getting on to um, the good things that can happen as a result of the butterfly effect. Um, Let's see. Well, here's one. Maybe this is a little darker. The fact that a cloud from a minor volcanic eruption in Iceland, a small disturbance in the complex mechanism of life on the Earth, can bring to a standstill the aerial standstill the aerial traffic over an entire continent, is a reminder of how, with all its power to transform nature, humankind remains just another species on the planet. So here it was, a volcano, you know, man-made, not man-made. Uh, and suddenly, <laughs> no flights are flying over Europe because of the cloud of uh, ash and smoke. Um, and every single one of the lives of people who were supposed to be flying that day are inevitably changed. Uh, you know, to the point where it had to have involved a death somewhere. You know, a, a series of events that chugged into action. You, you can never trace them. I, th- I think that's the fascinating thing about. I used to call it the ripple effect. The ripples, and it, it is. I'm thinking really the same thing. Um, let's see this one. I don't know. Uh, by Neil Gaiman. It used to be thought that the events that changed the world were things like big bombs, maniac politicians. Think of uh, Putin huge earthquakes, or vast population movements. But it has now been realized that this is a very old-fashioned view held by people totally out of touch with modern thought. The things that really change the world, according to chaos theory, are the tiny things. A butterfly flaps its wings in the Amazonian jungle, and subsequently a storm ravages half of Europe. So... uh, Make of that what you will. Are you enjoying? Are you interested in any of this? I hope you are, because I am. And my my question is, you know, hey, exercise your brain. See how this applies to your life. What are what are some things that have happened or didn't happen? You know, I mean, it, it, again, it goes back in your youth. I think the ripples are much greater. What instrument you were given in elementary school to play or what team you were picked to play on and and just it just goes on in directions you can't even imagine um so one more each small act of kindness reverberates across great distances and spans of time affecting lives unknown to the one whose generous spirit was the source of this good echo Because kindness is passed on and grows each time it's passed until a simple courtesy becomes an act of selfless courage, years later and far away. Likewise, each small meanness, each expression of hatred, each act of evil. So there you go. Every little thing you do has an impact. I guess that's it. I think we've reached our time limit. Um, I didn't get to discuss this in detail with where I thought I would take it, but I am going to continue to reflect on this, and I'm going to see if I can get it to be a topic for our men's group, because I think it is of interest. Does the butterfly effect have any impact on your life as you uh, get into your declining years? Ray Davies, every decision or non-decision shifts the universe in a whole new direction. Scarborough Dude signing out from home. Going to finish my wine. Going to barbecue some hamburgers. 
and uh, read a little more about The Who. Bye for now. See you next week. Stay tuned.